0: before, but I feel are worth sharing again, along with some things that God may add along the way. Amen? Amen. Um, Some things he may add along the way to, to, to really help us understand the ramification of fatherhood. Father, God said let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Please understand, and I've shared this before, God's highest, most esteemed title that he wanted mankind to know him as it wasn't jehovah jireh that's really the name of a place anyway not the name for god that was a place it was it's not jehovah roi it's not elohim it's not el elion he ultimately wanted mankind his greatest of identity he waited to unveil it through christ he wanted uh, men to know him as father when you pray pray like this our father they didn't do that now, you know they were scared to say his name when they would say Yah- they would they wouldn't say they were scared to spell out Yahweh they'd take out the vowels because it's it's literally um um so um uh, horrific to approach god but through christ he reveals himself in his ultimate identity he unveils to mankind what he wants mankind to ultimately know him as and it is father then he turns around and tells man my highest identity what i want to be known at more than known as more than anything else i'm going to give you the honor of walking under that same title as father. Amen. Um, um, there is no higher honor in all the world than that of being a father. Literally fatherhood dictates the degree of blessing on the world. And the degree of cursing on the world. The, 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 the reality of the world hinges on the blessing of the cursing that is released by fathers. Amen? And, 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 and he's, oh glory be to God. Um, I'm going to share some things today that, that um, I believe that are imperative for us to understand. As men in our assignment in blessing, understanding how much we have uh, the impact of blessing the earth or blessing the land. Cursing the earth or cursing the land. Amen. Um, Not just even geographically, but generationally. Amen. Amen. So Numbers chapter 13. Let me turn there. Glory to God. God, you're good. I've been here... um, Uh, recently in times of teaching. I want to camp here again. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. I'm going to read that, then I'll skip to 28 and 33 in that order. Numbers 13, verse 1 through 3 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search. Everybody say men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers. Uh, Everybody say fathers. Shall you send a man? Everybody say man. man. Everyone a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men, everybody say men, were heads of the children. Everybody say children. Of Israel. And We'll, we'll stop there. Go to verse 28. Verse 28 on the back end is after they were sent. This is their response. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled up and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb steeled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men, everybody say men. That went up with him, said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land uh, through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men. Everybody say men. Men of a great stature, and there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. Go to Numbers 14. Go over to Numbers 14, verse 22. Y'all bear with me, we're doing some reading. Today, usually I read a few verses of it and just teach it as I go. But we're gonna do some reading. Numbers fourteen and twenty-two is uh, records some of God's response to the men being sent to spy the land, coming back with a report that they could not do what God told them to do. Um, Numbers fourteen re- records the response, verse twenty-two: "Because all those men, everybody say men, which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice." Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Everybody say fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt dwelt in the valley tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the red sea and the lord spake unto moses and to aaron saying how long shall i bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me i have heard the murmurings of the children of israel which they murmur against me say unto them as truly as i live saith the lord as you have spoken in my ears so will i do to you Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless you shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. said, everybody 20 years old and upward, you're not going in the promised land because of the report that you brought back. And your response to what I told you to do. Verse 31. But your little ones, which you said should be a prey, them will I bring in and they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness and your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years. This is big. Everybody say children. Children. And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years And bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. Man, I know y'all thinking like, dog, happy Father's Day. Wow. Verse 34. After the number of the days in which you search the land, even 40 days, each day for a year, shall you bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and you shall know my breach of promise. I, the Lord, have said it. I will surely do it until all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in this wilderness they shall be consumed and there they shall die. Father we thank you and we bless you right now for the power of your word that comes Lord God to bring us closer uh, Lord God to bring us deeper to renew our hearts and our minds to mold and to make us into image bearers and manifestors of the glory of the living God. We thank you and we bless you right now in the name of Jesus that you brought us here to make a measure of life abundantly available. And we thank you, Lord God, that we will take you up on that availability and leave living life at a higher level. We bless you and give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that it is so right now. It's in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. I want to bring up verse number two again, and I'm going to walk for a minute and see how far we can get in this and share some things with you about the power of fathering and the power of men in now releasing the promise, the blessing, or the cursing into into not only... The world that's in present, but generationally. Numbers 13, verse number two says this: says, Send thou men. Everybody say men. That they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall you send a man, everyone a ruler. Now, what we must understand in approaching this text is that Yahweh now sends men to go spy out a land that they're ultimately called to take possession of, right? they're ultimately called to take possession of because God wants to give it to the children of Israel. The the man's assignment was to take possession of the land that was going, that was to be the promise of their children. It was the children's promise. So Literally, what the men's assignment was, what the people of God's assignment was, and, and it speaks to us as fathers, they were to take possession, or we could say take position in the land, that, and that land from which they took position would be their children's promised land. They were supposed to take a position that would ultimately become their children's promise. I'm going to say that one more time because I need you to understand. They were to take a position in a land that would ultimately be their children's promise. Please, what I need you to understand is that is as relevant and valid today as it was back then. God calls men to take positions that if we take those positions God says they'll be your children's promise. If you now take the position that I tell you to take I'll give it to your children as a promise. So as a man if I take my prayer position if I take my position in prayer as God has commanded me God says I'll turn around and give it to your children as a promise. I know they Ain't praying right now but i'm gonna do what i gotta do i'm gonna touch their heart i'll move stuff out the way i'll set them on fire i'll convict their spirit because you took the position of prayer i'm gonna make them prayer intercessors as a part of their promise our position becomes our children's promise because god gives us that as men And so now take your position in submission. Submit to God and resist the devil. As a man, when I take that position, it's given to my children as, oh glory be to God, as a promise. My position of obedience becomes their promise of obedience. God says, I don't care what doors I got to kick down. I don't care what hell I got to bring them out of. I don't care what demons I got to cast off of them. I don't care what bondages I have to break. You took the position of obedience. So that's your children's promise. And before everything is said and done, they'll live a life of obedience to me. As a man, our position becomes our children's promise. Man, I wish I had somebody in here that understood the power of that. I don't have to worry about what what God is going to do for my children. I'm taking positions. I'm taking positions of obedience. I'm, I'm taking positions of submission. I'm taking positions in yielding. I'm taking positions in prayer. I know the promises that are on my children's life. So for the men to take possession of the land was for them to take a position that would ultimately be their children's possession. So God has for men a sent position. Everybody say sent position. Send thou men to spy out the land. That's a sent position. Sent position. Amen. So our position today becomes their possession tomorrow. As men, our position carries power to pass blessing onto our children. I want you to hear me. On the other hand, our lack of position carries power to pass cursing onto our children. So what we got to understand as men is to the degree we as men are outside of obedience to God, our children will be outside of God's promises connected to our obedience. Israel's obedience w- w- in the current generation was connected to the promise of the next. I need you to obey me in destroying the giants so your children can have their land. If you don't obey me as men, they won't get what they're supposed to have as the children. Our o- See, everything is generational. God is calling us into certain positions now because certain promises he wants to fulfill field later he uses men to get in positions to ultimately deliver promises to the next generation hinging on our obedience amen see we got to take a position we see as men we got to take a position on marriage it it ain't just however you sit no we got to take a position what's that position marriage is between one man And one woman, amen, I got to take a position. No, 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 no. It ain't just, man, this is how I see it. No, I'm taking a position. Don't just be, man, look here. I know how you do it, but this is how. No, take a position, man. Take a position. It's between a man and a woman who are living together before they're laying together. Take a position. And my position as a man, if I take that position, it becomes a promise to my children of a blessed marriage. God said, if you take that position now, I'll give them that. Their glory be to God. I'll give them a lifelong relationship because you took a position that allowed me to give them a promise to, to be with one man or one woman for the rest of their life. But if we don't take that, everybody say that sounds like a blessing. What happens when we don't take the position? What happens when we say we can't take the land? What happens when we say we can't stay with that crazy woman? What happens when we say, man, men have to have their little this on the side? Men ain't expect... What happens when we say the giant's too big? We can't take that land. That's too hard for us. Don't nobody do that no more. We pass on the curse. We didn't take the land, so our boys grow up, and we had one child out of out of wedlock. So they have two. They had two. The next generation then has five, because it increases. What happened? What happened? And somebody didn't take position. That means the next generation didn't get their promise. And where there's promiselessness, there's always the presence of a curse. Amen? So now we have children's children's children that have four children with three different women. And we just think they just make poor decisions. No, 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 no. Somebody didn't take their position. Somebody, somebody, track it, track it back to where it started. And I guarantee you, you will find a man who said, I can't do what God told me to do. Track it. As men, our position carries power to pass blessing onto our children. But on the flip side, I already know all of my children will be blessed. Because I ain't moving. My God, I'm not budging. I'm not just here for me and my wife. I'm here for my children and my children's children's children. I'm not just here for my children. I'm here for your children's children's children. I'm not moving. Because my position becomes the next generation's promise. Yes. Yes. Our commitment, men, to, to God, surrendering our lives... To His will and His pro- His purpose becomes our children's promise. What happens when I take my position to surrender to God's will? You know what it does. I took my position. That becomes their promise. Oh, they're going to surrender. They th- th- whether they know it or not, God is He's going to run them down. you hear what I'm saying? God is going to interrupt their mess. God is going to pull their collar if they try to go to the club. God is going to interrupt all of their stuff they try to run because I'm in position and God gave me a promise because I have surrendered to God. Their promise is that they'll live submitted to God. They have a promise over their life because they have a father in position. I need about five men in here that'll get excited about your position because that declares a promise that's on your family's life. Amen. where there are men listen to me outside of obedience to surrender they'll birth children outside of God's promise of submission so we just think see when we are, as men won't obey God then we wind up having children that won't obey authority the reason why they don't listen to their teachers is because we don't listen to God The reason why they don't listen to the police is because we don't listen to God. When you can you can always track the rebellion of the son to an usually to an out of position father. (sighs) They don't listen to anybody. Ain't nobody got no respect no more. It's not just because this generation is a bad generation who doesn't want to submit and don't want to obey any authority, but because when they now don't have fathers who are in proper position on surrendering to God, they wind up having children outside of God's promise connected to submission. God has a promise to bring us into submission when they have fathers who are submitted to God. So now they're living without that promise. They may go their entire life back and forth to jail and never submit to God they may go their entire life shooting at one sleeping with one and running because they're living without a promise there's nobody in position to pass that promise on to them so they die in the streets and nothing ever pulls them back nothing ever convicts their heart nothing ever changes their mind there wasn't the power of promise to pull them out of what they were doing when you got a father my god anybody ever had a father in their life Uh, you tried the club but something kept on pulling you you tried to run the streets but something kept on pulling you you got far down the road but something kept on telling you i can't keep on living like that that was promise pulling your coattail because there was somebody There was somebody, men in position, released promises that run their children down. Yeah. The problem is, this is the problem, Brother Spanky, I just wanted to say that. The problem is, the men of Israel didn't obey God. They were supposed to take that land so it would be their children's promise. And they did not obey God. They did not go into the land. And Numbers 13 verse 28 through 33 records God's response. God was furious. God was enraged. God was angry now he wasn't soft it ain't okay just dust yourself off and get a little bit more courage he was infuriated with them as men because Yahweh was so angry because he understands how out of position men devastate the next generation he knew how much damage would be done to the next generation because of a generation of men who refuse their position. Generations suffer when men don't get in position. We're watching uh, boys and girls. We're watching the generation suffer and we just think they won't. We don't get it. We don't get it. A generation suffer when men are out of position. Watch this. Numbers chapter 14, verse 32. Glory to God. This is God's sentence to them. He said, but as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in the wilderness. He's talking to the men who did not go take the possession of their promise. Verse 33, and your children shall wander in the wilderness. I'm going to say that again. And your children shall wander in the wilderness 40 years to bear your whoredoms. <sighs> Not because they did anything wrong, but because you didn't do what I told you to do. They're gonna wonder for 40 years, they're gonna have frustrations. For 40 years, they're going to have anger management issues. They don't know where it came from. For 40 years, they're going to have an aptitude to perversion that they don't even understand that they have for 40 years. They don't have suicidal thoughts. Why do I feel like I need to end my life for 40 years? And it has nothing to do with anything they ever done but to bear. You know what it feels like to wonder? He said, you don't know where you're going. You don't, you feel purposeless. You, You feel aimless. You feel unfulfilled. What am I doing here? What is my life worth? What do I need to be doing with my time? Why do I keep going in circles? They wonder. Watch this. And your children shall wander in the wilderness for 40 years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of days in which you surf the land. Catch this even 40 days, each day for a year, shall you bear your iniquities even 40 years and you shall know my breach of promise because the men of Israel searched the promised land for 40 days, the place they were commanded by God to take their position but never took it. Their children had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. The next generation of children had to wander for 40 years because the previous generation of fathers never took their position in 40 days 40 days of disobedience produce 40 years of wandering in the next generation you only did it for 40 days but your children are going to do it for 40 years whatever you did wrong for 40 days it gets worse in the next generation if you don't take your position, what you did in your teenage years, they'll do to they 40 and 50. So now we literally have, I never thought I'd see it in my life, Mario. We got 60 and 70-year-old players. I'm talking about jokers with gold, got a girlfriend, 68 years old. Not married, not settled down. I'm like, you're you 68? And your girlfriend about to come over why are you 68 years old walking around like you're 16 you had a man that never took his position and what he did for 40 days you're now doing for 40 years it always gets worse the next generation When men don't take their position. So one generation lived with the woman before they got married. The next generation lives with the woman and doesn't marry her. The generation after that don't ever even live with a woman, just have the one that they want when they want them. What happens? It gets worse. 40 days turns into 40 years. The curse now snowballs. See, when children wander into drugs, when they wander into sexual sin, alcoholism, partying, it's not just because they're young. And that's what young people do. Amen? That's not being young. That's being under a curse. And for so long, we've called being under a curse, just being young. That's what you do when you are. And so now we have a generation, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And guess what they're doing? What they said was just being young. Well, I thought that was just being young. Because it ain't just being young, it's being cursed. It's living under a curse of darkness that cripples God's ability to bless your life, bring increase, ever give you a legitimate consistent relationship with God. It keeps you in a place where God is your troubleshooter. I don't want God to be my, I don't want to call on him when I'm in trouble. I want to bless him in the morning when I'm good. I want to walk with him daily. I don't want him when I'm going through the valley. I want him when I'm on the mountaintop. He's not just a troubleshooter. Those who are led by the spirit of God are the It keeps us in a position where he's just our savior but we're never his son. There's a generation that knows God only will only really cry out to God for one reason, when it gets bad enough. That's a curse. In his presence is fullness of joy, and I really don't even get serious about his presence until something is wrong. That's a curse. Amen. Somebody never took their position. There was a young man that never saw his daddy early in the morning with his hands lifted up, tears flowing down his face, saying, Lord, you're good, and your mercy is everlasting, and your truth endureth all generation. Some little boy never had a daddy. They came up to him and asked, Daddy, why are you crying? What's wrong? And daddy looked back and said, Ain't nothing wrong. I'm just blessing the God that's good. And son, you're gonna get there one day. Somebody never had a daddy that two and three in the morning speaking in tongues they wake up and think somebody's in the house and they look and then begin to understand that's just god cry- that's just dad crying out for his house and his family so i think god is my troubleshooter cuz i never had a man in position to father me and pass the blessing of hosting the presence of God. Walking with God. Loving God with all of my heart. Amen. So, watch this. This is so key. So. The, the fathers. Spent 40 days wandering. The children had. I mean 40 days rebelling. The children had to spend 40 years wandering amen it wasn't because of the decisions they made it wasn't because they just don't want to listen to nobody it wasn't just because they're just hard-headed we must understand the condition of a generation is a reflection of the obedience or disobedience of the generation that preceded them amen somebody shout the power of a father See, we need to park it right there and just bless God because if a father carries that much power to release the wrong thing into the next generation's life, How much anointing does a father have to release the glory of God into the next generation's life? You need to bless God because if if I can mess up and accidentally pass a curse, I know I can intentionally release a blessing. If I can on accident release the wrong thing, I know I can intentionally bless them with the right thing. So I'm going to bless the Lord because I'm about to put it on them. I'm going to seek God because I'm going to release it on them. I need somebody to just bless your generations right now. Come on. Bless your generations. Bless your... Intentionally bless God because one generation praises him to the... I'm talking about the curse, but we ain't gonna get it. We're not gonna be impressed with the curse. The curse isn't impressive. The blessing is. Because the curse can only last three or four generations. But the blessing goes for a thousand. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Glory be to God. The curse at best... Can only get my children's children's children. But if I mess around and begin to get in a posture of blessing, I guarantee a millennial glory. I guarantee a millennial glory over my lineage. Children's 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 children. children, 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 children have the blessing of God you bless and don't know why you can't get depressed and don't know why I'm going to have children's 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 with authority they don't even know why they're going to lay hands on the sick and they get healed and they don't even understand they're going to cast out devils with ease and don't know why but I know why God somebody got in position Watch this, glory. Uh, We as men must understand that our position becomes, or is intended to become the next generation's promise. So we gotta start answering some questions. If we as men only go to church on Sunday, what is, when is our children going to go to church? When they feel like it. What about the generation after them? They probably won't go to church at all. The question we got to ask, and it starts with men, is based on how I go to church, will my children's 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 children even attend church? I want you to think about that. Based on how I attend church, will my children's 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 children even believe in church? It ain't just about what you're doing now, it's about what you're setting in motion. Your lifestyle is going in a direction either toward God or away from God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your, your life ain't going to end with you. The direction you let your life in is going to continue with what con- came out of you. Glory to God. Based on how I read the Bible, will my children's, children's children even believe the Bible is true? and you, you got to ask those questions. Based on I, how I read the Bible, will the children of the children, of the children, of the children that I have, will they even see any value in the Bible? Because my Bible reading is a direction for generations. I know for sure, Mario, that my children have a long way to go in being exposed to God. But one thing they don't doubt is the validity of the word of God. They don't even know it all. They don't understand it all. But they know daddy lives by it. They know mommy lives by it. And they know God's hand is on mama and dad's life. I can't say everything. I don't understand it all. But I know they trust in that word. I know they speak that word. I know they live that word before me. They don't even understand that they already have been pointed in a direction that you won't be able to resist. Based on how I acknowledge God, and I'm committed to laboring for God, will my children's 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 children even believe God is real? These are questions that me and you got to ask now. What is the legacy that I'm leaving by my lifestyle? It's pointing, especially as men. It's pointing the next generation. Does my commitment to God guarantee my children's children's children will know God is real? Amen? These are questions that we need to answer. Numbers 14 and 18. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Watch this. Numbers 14 and 18. The Lord is long suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression and by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers. How? Upon what? The children unto the third. And the what? Iniquity of the fathers. But first thing I want you all to understand is iniquity of the fathers, not the mothers. Amen? And it's not to belittle the role of mom. Amen? But it's not the iniquity of the, the mothers that released the curse. It is the iniquity of the fathers that released the curse. Y'all know that, right? Y'all know that Eve ate that fruit before Adam ate that fruit. What happened after Eve ate that fruit? Absolutely nothing. Everything was still good until Adam ate the fruit. Then their eyes were open. Then they knew good from evil because the... the, the 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 wife did not have the power to release a curse over the earth. That had to come from Adam. Hello? Amen? Amen. We need to understand that so we can take more responsibility. There's only one... Can I say this and then I'm going to get back to this. I promise you. There's only one reason why women would ever decide to take off all their clothes before a man, before a group of men. It's called strippers. There's only one reason why women would ever do that. You know why? Because men in a perverted condition actually like that. If men never liked it, women would never what? You know why women have tattoos covered all over their body? Talk about they got them all over here. You know why? Because men, we don't like headship, do we? Sometimes we don't like to take responsibility for stuff that's actually our responsibility. Amen? Watch this. So now, he says that the Lord will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. Man, that's scary. Everybody say visit. Yeah. He will visit their iniquity. See, you got you to understand what that means. If you ever had somebody incarcerated, if you ever had somebody that was locked up and you had to visit them, that means what you could do is. You can actually go into the place of incarceration. You can go into the prison. You can visit with that person. You can interact with that person. But you had no power to take that person with you. You would have to leave that person in their prison. You could come in there with them, ease them while you're there. Tell them it's okay. Tell them you love them. But at the end of the day, all you're doing is visiting. You can't get them out. God said, I can visit their all. I can visit their iniquities because of their fathers. I can't bring them out. I can just visit them in there. And I wind up having to leave children in drug addictions because of the sins of the fathers. I can only visit them I can't bring them out I can visit them in their street life but I can't bring them out I can visit them in their bondage and so there are certain people who will never come out I don't care how bad it gets I don't care how bad he beats her I don't care how bad she cheats on him they're gonna keep on going back they're gonna keep on getting beat up they're gonna keep on using drugs and it's like what's wrong with You can't you see you're going to die? But God says, I'll visit the iniquity of the Father, I will visit them. There are times when they cry, there are times when they come to church, there are times when they want prayer, but something takes them right. Why won't you come out? We have to break. The iniquity. See, today we got to do some work. We got to break the iniquities of the fathers. There's some curses that must be broken. Anybody ever been visited by God before? Maybe I'm the only one. Come on. You ever been, you ever been visited in your bondage? God came into your prison, and he touched you, but you didn't come out. He left, and you are still there. I think we've all experienced that before. We call that God working on us, right? He worked on me along the way, amen? He worked on me, but I don't want to be visited. I want a jailbreak. God I want the breaker to come in I I want God see there comes a time when God's hand is on your life when you got praying fathers and praying mothers when you got prophets prophesying over you when you got people holding their position God will come in and say I don't care if you think you're going to stay I'm kicking down the prison doors I'm tearing down walls I'm snatching up demons. I'm blowing on your life. You will mess around and come to church just to say I'm going to church and wind up on the altar with 20 demons cast out and deliverance in your life because God found somebody that had got in a position where God made a promise that he will not leave you there. I need a jailbreak. I need you to bust them out. This ain't going to be no negotiation. I don't want no negotiator. I want the king of glory to come in. Right. Come on. I don't, I don't, I don't I need nobody that's going to go back and forth. I need mighty rushing winds to move in the lives of the people that I love. Come on, men. Shout position. 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 Numbers chapter 14, and I'm almost done. Numbers chapter 14, verse 22. It says this, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, verse 23, surely what? They shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that what? It, it didn't say they shall not enter it. It says they shall not what? See. It becomes a generation of men that never see where they're supposed to be. Did y'all say? They never even knew where they were actually, the position they were supposed to have. They couldn't even see it. See, there are some men that think when they take their children out to the movies and buy them Jordans that they've done their job as dad, they can't even see it. They can't even see it. Glory be to God. We hung out. I took my children to Chuck E. Cheese. I'm being a great dad. You can't even see it. There was a generation of men that never were able to even see where they were supposed to be. How can their children? They were supposed to give where they were supposed to be as a promise to their children. He said, but your your consequence is you'll never even see it. You'll have to guess what a man is supposed to be as a wife to his wife. You'll have to guess what a man is supposed to be to his children. You'll have to guess what a man is supposed to be in church. You'll never see it. So being a man is making all the, that's why you see men breaking their necks and everything. Because they don't actually really know where they're supposed to be. So they're chasing after something to hopefully ease the absence of destiny. The only one that knows where they're supposed to be and who they're supposed to be is God. Who we're supposed to be and where we're supposed to be. Let me say it that way. Is God. Our children can't possess what our fathers never see. Glory to God. What are we supposed to be passing on to our children? This last thing. Numbers 14 and 24. But my servant Caleb look at what it says because he had another spirit with him and hath what everybody follow me fully stop right there he said look I found a man that ain't just gonna go to church to do the right thing but gonna follow me fully I found a man that ain't just going to listen to the preacher preach, but's going to study to show himself approved. I found a man who isn't going to show up to church on holidays, but live as a living sacrifice unto me. I found a man that doesn't just want to do the religious thing, but actually wants to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, who wants to fully follow me. Him, I'm going to give him his promise. What is God calling men into? To do, fully follow. Come on. It's it's time out for men in general. I'm not just trying to talk to men in this room, but men in general to to have one foot in and one foot out, to to, to do enough to say I did the Christian thing, but not enough to walk in kingdom power, to to go through the motions of a church program, but never live a life in which God's glory can be manifest through who they are. God said, I found a man that will fully follow me. He has another spirit. So he's going to possess what's going to be his children's promise. His children are going to have it. I found a father that fully follows. You know, the greatest, one of the greatest characteristics of a man who is a father, he fully follows God. You just got a different spirit. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all the way. Look here, I'm not going to play with this church. If I'm I'm giving my life to God, I'm giving it all. If I'm committing to the will of God, I'm committing all of myself to it. If I'm I'm yielding to his word, then I'm not just going to choose the words that I like. Man shall not live by bread alone, but I'm going to live by every word. If I'm going to follow, I'm following fully. All or none at all. And God said, because I found a man who fully followed me, Caleb, I found two of them. They're going to get it. God is calling fathers by the name of Caleb and Joshua today. Come on, Baba on Sunday, and I'm just using them as a point of reference. We understand that we're ultimately called to look like Jesus, but but God is God is calling men to uh, to to the to the to the prototype to the to the to the posture of of Caleb and Joshua, men who would fully follow God are fit to be kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I fully follow God, I'm going to I'm going to go after His Word. I'm going to go after His will. I'm, I'm, I'm going to live a life of sacrifice. And that don't and I'm going, I'm going to attend church. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to pray. That, and I'm still going to work. And I'm going I'm to do that too. I am going to pay bills. I am going to be there for my son's sports. I am going to be there to, to, to root my son on. But, but, but that, if I do that and negate the, the kingdom thing, I'm not fully following. God is ready for us to move from being daddies to fathers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daddies throw footballs. Fathers pray with their children. Daddies take their children to Chuck E. Cheese. Fathers make sure their children are in church. He's ready to move us because he understands that this is generational. All this is pointing the next generation. Me and my wife have been talking about that a lot lately. Man, can you imagine we're just sitting at the table. It's like, man, three, four, five generations from now, I'm going to have, you ever saw a child that never met one of their older uncles, or, but they walk like him? Or never met their daddy, and, but had his mannerisms, even his temperament. They're going to be children's 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 children, 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 children that, that, that we'll never meet, but they'll have our fire. That gets to live on. They're not even gonna understand why they got so much fire. They ain't even, hey, why do I want God so? Why am I so on fire for God? But but that gets to live on. Glory be to God, and, and they get to have a, a, a great 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 uh, grandmama that say you act you don't know him, but you acted like your great 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 granddaddy, Apostle Jeremiah. You never met him. Here, let me show you a picture of him. That's where you get that fire. Glory be to God. Amen. That's the legacy I want to leave as a father. Glory to God. I just want to spend some time praying. I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you and we thank you right now. In the mighty name of the Lord. For every man, every father that's in this room right now. God, I thank you that there's a heavy hand on our hearts. To bring us into a posture of fully following. God, if we're halfway in, bring us all the way in. God if we're halfway doing this thing God send a measure of your spirit even right now in the name of Jesus that we'll lay those things down that we've been holding on to God I even pray for every daughter every woman in the room that may be in the same condition bring a grace in this room right now to fully follow God Like we never have. Wind of refreshing. Come on, somebody needs a refreshing in the room. I speak to that which is trying to speak to you and make itself bigger than what it is and I command it to quiet itself to the power of God right now. I speak to that worry I choke it. I choke the worry. Every false weight that's on your heart and your mind trying to keep you from the place of entering into a greater fullness, I rebuke it in the name of the Lord. I untangle everything that you're tangled in that'll keep you from getting in the waters of this word. And I lose life. I lose life. Grace to live in what's been spoken right now. In the name of Jesus. Root every man. Root him in the reality of who you are. In the name of Jesus. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. And we magnify you right now. It's in the name of the Lord that we pray. Amen.